Welcome to Study the Word Podcast with your host, Dr. Marty Mento. Together we will discover wisdom that leads to salvation and spiritual growth. Here with today's Bible teaching is your host, Dr. Marty Mento. Well, thank you so much, Randy, and welcome to Study the Word Podcast. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. That's Ephesians chapter 4. We are in the midst of a series. The series is entitled The Visible Church in the Last Days. We believe by far, according to God's holy word, that we are living in the last days. We are getting closer and closer to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there are many things that we are going to experience, things that we are going to witness. Um, There are things that are yet to come, like the great tribulation that has not come about yet. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in this podcast, but... Remember what this foundation, I guess, of this whole series is about. The Peter, one of the apostles, as he wrote to believers who were scattered uh, throughout a significant area, uh, who were really um, living in fear because they were being persecuted, um, he reminds them that just as the false prophets also arose among the people, there will also be false teachers among you. And this comes from Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. And we've been talking about this in the series here, and we've been looking at the fact that the issue that is going to be at hand with the visible church in the last days is the issue of deception. And the deception is going to come by those who are claiming to speak for God. They're proclaiming that they are bringing forth words of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, whatever it may be, and they are going to truly, in many cases, lead many astray. In some cases, try to lead certain people astray, unable to do so. And the reason why is because the elect, the men, the women of God, the true children of the living God, the true church, will not be led astray by them. They will understand based upon they themselves knowing the Word of God, knowing what they believe and why they believe it. And I've made it clear from the beginning of this series, and I'll continue, hopefully, to encourage you to be a student of God's Holy Word, uh, to know what the Scriptures say. But again, this time in which we live is a very challenging time. As I mentioned before, there are many voices out there today, uh, not only... um, are they within the visible churches? But now they are out there on Facebook. They're on TikTok. They're even doing podcasts like I'm doing. But the things that they are saying are truly not the truth. They are not speaking the word of God accurately, correctly, rightly dividing. And they are leading many people astray. And that is the challenge because in the last days, many will be led astray. So I'm hoping in this series we will be able to better understand what to look for, uh, how to recognize someone who is teaching that which is not true, and how we should respond to it. And so as I was putting this all together, uh, this particular podcast, I want to look here at Ephesians chapter 4, and want to kind of give us a general reminder about Um, the fact that we are truly one church. The the church that is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, which stretches all over the world, both Jew and Gentile, is truly a church that should be united. That is a church, as it tells us here in Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 4, there is one body, and one spirit, just as also you were called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Now, when we look at this, we begin to realize that the word one is continually repeated. That is why the reality is today that there is a lack of unity. There is a lack of coming together by many who claim to be Christians, 
because of their differences in doctrine. In doctrine, in plain, simple language, is teaching. And there are many people teaching many different things that don't line up with the Word of God. I had a conversation just recently with a couple men that has been somewhat bothersome to me because we live in a day today where many times labels are put and placed upon people, even within so-called Christendom. People love to be recognized or be a part of a particular group of people. And instead of just being known as a Christian, and I got, got to be careful with that because I just preached on this just recently because what does that mean when you say you're a Christian? I have met a lot of people throughout uh, the days in which I live right now here on this earth who claim to be Christians. But when I asked them the question, what does that mean? Quite often their response does not line up with the Bible. And they believe that they're a Christian, but it's not based upon what God defines for us within the pages of his holy word of what a Christian is. So as I I talk about this and think about this, we are living in a time that there is much confusion, that people are not, they're hearing so many voices, they're, they're getting so much information, but it's not the right information. And so often we hear these people speaking on God's behalf, that God has told them something, and God wants them to tell other people this. But yet, as I look at this, there is a lack of unity. Even though there is to be one body, and there truly is one body with many members, the Bible tells us. God tells us very specifically in his word in the book of 1 Corinthians. But there's only one spirit. There's one hope, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. There's just one. We look at this and we got we to gotta go back, I really think, to the basics. And we have to understand that without this reality, we have those who claim to be something that they're not. And that is why the visible church at large is not always the true church. There are times that the visible church that we see can be the true church, but quite often it's not. And so as we go down through this passage, this is really what I want to get into. The Bible says here in verse 11, as Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, it says, and he gave some as apostles some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ." As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fit fitted, excuse me, and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. I tell you, from verse 11 down through 16, there's so much here. Um, I could literally spend many, many podcasts teaching on this. But as we're going through this series, remember, it's not an exhaustive study. But I want you to understand that in verse 11, the one who's giving is God. He's given some as apostles. So it tells us right away that that not every individual is an apostle, not every individual is a prophet, not every individual is an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher, but all of these men do have something in common. They're all teachers of the Word of God. They're to teach other people. They're 
to proclaim God's truth to people. And I'll tell you why that's so important, because in the day and age in which we live, there are many who are out there today who are claiming to be pastors, Bible teachers, uh, evangelists. There are those even proclaiming to be prophets. And one thing, one that really baffles me, that there are those who proclaim to be modern-day prophets. And these also will say, well, they're not just prophets, but they're apostles. And what I don't understand as I study, as I begin to go through God's Word and look at things, I find it hard to believe, especially the, the, the last one, that they're apostles. But I've met these individuals who claim to be apostles, claim to be prophets, claim to be, again, men called, equipped, and they are teaching other people. But what they're teaching other people doesn't line up with the Word of God. This is where the red flags begin to go up. These self-proclaimed pastors, evangelists, Bible teachers. Again, I, I've, just, I've watched over the last year Facebook, TikTok, and other places of multimedia where we're being inundated and flooded with these individuals who claim to be speaking on behalf of God, claim that they are speaking or teaching the things of God. And as you've heard me say this before, and we'll talk about this very practically in upcoming podcasts, if we would just open the Word of God and we would learn how to study the Word of God, we would begin to realize that these people are not speaking on God's behalf. They are not testifying to what is before us within Scripture. They are creating things. They are imagining things. Uh, they are dreamers who are bringing their own dreams to the forefront. They are seeing so-called visions from God that really haven't come from God. And they're speaking on behalf of God. And yet what they're saying doesn't line up with the Scripture. Or what they're saying is they've taken what is found in the Word of God and they have twisted it. They've added to it. They've taken away from it. They have found a way to manipulate the Word of God in order to manipulate other people. And in many cases, as we've learned already, it's because of their greed, because they can gain something financially from people, people who will be duped by them, they'll be willing to open up their pocketbooks and their checkbooks and write a check to them and put some type of money into their fund and account. And the only person who is gaining from this is the person who is teaching the lies, who's speaking that which is not true. But again, as we look at this, we realize that God is the one who truly has put together, as Christ said himself, he will build his church. But the church has been put together by God, very specifically, very distinctively, and many people don't understand that. Matter of fact, um, it tells us if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, if you look at verse 19, it says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So we realize that the foundation that has been laid is a foundation built upon the apostles and the prophets, but Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. He is the one that holds the foundation together. Without Christ Jesus, there is no foundation. There is no dwelling that will be built spiritually. And there are other places that we could go, as I mentioned earlier, in the pages of Scripture that talks about spiritual gifts and talks about the church. Matter of fact, if you have the chance and the time, I would encourage you to study 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about 
the fact that to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for common good. It, it talks about that for even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Um, it talks about the fact but one and the same Spirit works in all things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So, so the bottom line comes back to Ephesians 4, which makes it clear that he gave some to be apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, and some as teachers. But there's a purpose, and that is to equip the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, so that we would be unified in the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God, that we would grow and become more like the head of the body, the church. The head is Christ himself. And that is the key. But again, in the last days, the visible church is going to be, again, defined with much deception. And so as I look at this, I begin to think about it, and I began to look at some of the things that I think are important. Like, for instance, he mentioned apostles. And I mentioned this just a few minutes ago. And I think it's very important for us to understand that there are distinctions within the Word of God when it comes to an apostle. Most people don't realize that. And I want, I want you to understand, because I have met these individuals. Now, this is one that quite surprises me, but yet at the same time, I'm not as much surprised anymore because over the years I have met these individuals. I've listened to what they have said. I've I've watched them on TV, listened to them on radio, now seen them on Facebook, and I, I go in and I'm thinking to myself, something's not right. Well, first of all, I want you to think of the word apostle. The word apostle means one who is sent out. Matter of fact, if you, if you really study the New Testament, there are two primary usages of the word apostle. The first one is, refers to the 12 apostles that were chosen by Jesus Christ himself. And the second one is kind of generically used within the pages of Scripture as those who are sent out as messengers or ambassadors uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But when we understand the word apostle for what it is when most people speak of one who's an apostle, or even call themselves the apostle, we think of the 12. Uh, we do know, like in Revelation chapter 21, that the wall of the city of Jerusalem, when that day comes when Jerusalem comes down unto the new earth, and you have this city that's been built by God, that the wall of a city has 12 foundations, and on them are the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. All throughout the New Testament, we see the mentioning of the 12 apostles. These men, by the way, they're always men, chosen by God. These were the first messengers of the gospel when it came to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He prepared these men. He trained these men. And they would go forward and they would bring the gospel message to a world that it was lost. They, as we just read earlier, were the foundation of the church. But again, we cannot forget Jesus is the cornerstone. Um, but when we look at the biblical understanding of apostle, we have to realize that the apostle or apostolic position within the church is not present today. Now, this is where some people get upset, because there are those out there who believe, and they believe that they are truly apostles no differently than the 12 that Jesus had chosen. But there are distinctives within the Word of God define really the qualification, biblical qualification of an apostle. 
First of all, if you have your Bibles and you're turning them with me on these scriptures, or maybe you're writing them down, but I would encourage you to read them and study them. First of all, we realize in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 1, Paul says, as he writes to the church at Corinth, and, and he is dealing with um, you know, his freedom in Christ, uh, his right as an apostle, and we read here, he says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? See, right there, one of the qualifications of a true apostle is they had to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They had to see Jesus after he rose from the grave. Paul did along with the others that God had chosen. And this is important for us to understand. Now, I know this may sound really strange, but I have met people who believe they have seen Jesus in a vision, in a dream. And they will then take that and somehow connect that to what Paul is saying here, along with the other true apostles. And that's part of their claim of why they believe they are an apostle and that they have apostolic authority. But we have to go further. And, and again, when people tell me they've seen Jesus in a dream or a vision, I, I begin to get very skeptical. I, I don't buy into it by any means right away. I want to hear out you know, what they have to say because it just doesn't line up with me because what we know next that is very important for us to understand is that, as I've already read this already, that these are men distinctively, specifically chosen by God. Um, that's something else that we have to understand. He gave some as apostles. Now, if you open God's Word and you continue to study, you'll see in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Now, Acts chapter 9 is the conversion of Saul, Saul of Tarsus of Cilicia, who became known as Paul the Apostle. Well, if you see and you know, you open the Scripture and you read the, the whole entire story, you begin to get a better understanding of what took place. But I want to go down, if you would, with me for just a moment to verse 10 in chapter 9, of the book of Acts. It says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call upon your name. In other words, Saul was going with letters uh, of authority to go and arrest and to capture those who claim to be Christians or followers of Jesus Christ to bring them back to be tried as heretics, as people who were a part of some type of insurrection amongst the Jews. And so Ananias is saying, Lord, I've heard about this man. He's caused much harm. But listen to what verse 15 says, and this is important. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. You know, Right here, the word chosen, he has been selected. This is a divine selection by God himself as a chosen instrument of God. And it says here, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So we see see here that an individual who truly is an apostle has been distinctively and explicitly chosen by God. 
but he's also going to be an individual who's going to suffer. As a matter of fact, if you study the lives of the true apostles, you begin to realize these are, are men who suffered. They suffered greatly on behalf of God. For what reason? For bringing the good news, the gospel message, telling the world about Jesus Christ. But there's another qualification. Another qualification that we see that is very distinct is the fact that these men also had an ability, a God-given ability. It wasn't their own ability. It was a God-given ability to perform miracles and signs and wonders. And this is something that we cannot and we should never downplay when it comes to a qualification or the understanding of a true apostle of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, it tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 43, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Let me take you to another passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Now when I came from Troas for the gospel of Christ, and when the Lord opened the door, I want you to listen to this. He opened the door for me and the Lord. Well, first of all, we, we realize that through the apostolic ministry, God specifically had a plan. Remember going back to the passage I read uh, in Acts chapter 9? He was going to bear witness. A true apostle's um, calling, responsibility, is to go into the world, preach the gospel. But with that preaching of gospel, as I've already mentioned, there's going to be signs and wonders. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 now, verse 12, listen to these words here. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance by signs and wonders and miracles. So not only the preaching of the gospel, but the confirmation that these were mighty men of God bringing the true gospel message, the truth about Jesus Christ, they were brought forth, the, they were the ones that brought forth the signs and the wonders, miracles before the eyes of the people. People were witnessing the power of God upon these men. They were witnessing the attesting miracles. They were realizing that these were works of power beyond human ability, that these were men of God. Now, this is where I, I have to just stop the bus and just say, listen, think about this for just a moment. Many of these people who claim to be apostles today this is the area that right away we are going to just distinctively be able to shut them down. Because if you study the works of the apostles, after Christ had truly rose from the grave and ascended back into heaven to the right hand of the Father, the place of preeminence and prominence as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we realize that the work of these apostles w w was d definitive. Um, People were healed. Miracles were taking place. And so often today, even though we will hear about individuals supposedly having the ability to heal, the ability to um, do and bring forth signs and wonders, in most cases, if not all the cases that seem to be out there, there is no real verification. I remember years ago, one of the great healing ministries that is known in the United States and worldwide came to be known as just a fake because supposedly all these people that were being healed, they really were not being healed. There was never, not even one out of all the tens of thousands, possibly more, there was no verification ever made by a medical doctor or anyone saying that a healing truly took place. Yeah, there may have been something that happened to them, maybe even emotionally, that caused them to maybe get up from a wheelchair or for them to be able to do something for just a moment because in the, I guess, the heat of the moment, 
and the excitement of what was taking place by the so-called healer or miracle worker. But the truth of the matter is there was never any verification. There was no definement that a man was blind, but now he could see and he was he lived the rest of his life with sight. Or he was dead and he was raised from the grave. Or he was mute and now he could speak. I could go on and on. But see, distinctively we know that within the Bible that these men of God, these apostles, they were bringing forth the signs, and I think that's very important for us, the, the attesting miracles of a true pop prophet, a true apostle, excuse me. They were performed among the people with signs and wonders. People began to realize these were mighty men of God. In many cases, they stayed away from them because they were afraid of them. Because they knew, humanly speaking, this could not be. So these are some of the things that I, that I want you to, to understand about an apostle. Now, I want you also to realize that, you know, it's mentioned, too, about prophets. Now, I'm going to put this all together here before we wrap up today, but I want you to think about this, too. What is a prophet? Well, a prophet is a, one who speaks God's truth to others. Matter of fact, the English word prophet comes from the Greek word prophetess, which can mean one who speaks forth or advocates for another. Um, in the Bible, prophets were also called seers because they had an ability, a God-given spiritual ability to see things even beyond what was taking place at that moment in time, seeing things in the future that God would show to them and then they would prophesy or speak about. Um, they also had a teaching ministry. They went about teaching what God had declared to them, teaching what had already taken place in the times gone by and reminding the people about God's faithfulness, his goodness, his calling men to repentance and the belief in him and by faith and et cetera, and the coming of the Messiah. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But the truth of the matter is they, they were preachers who preached boldly. They addressed the corruption that was going on during their day, but they also prophesied the grand visions of the future that would take place, especially for Israel. Um, and we know that these prophets, they were to speak faithfully God's word to the people. Now, we do know, based upon Scripture, that there were many false prophets. And I've already mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. Ezekiel chapter 13 deals with the false prophets as God condemns the false prophets. Jeremiah also. And we find other places in the Old Testament where God uses the true prophet to speak out against the false prophets. And, and God even called them foolish prophets who followed their own spirits and have seen nothing from God. And they speak only from what comes from within themselves. They create things that are not of God. They say they speak on behalf of God. And, and be quite honest with you, as you study and you read, God is not pleased. These men deserve death, be put to death. Judgment is upon them. As a matter of fact, God even made it clear amongst his people that if a man was found to be a false prophet, he was to be put to death because he's not speaking the truth to God's people about God himself and the things of God. Matter of fact, a very interesting fact, there are more than 130 prophets that are named or mentioned in the Bible. Um, and this is something that's very important because, again, when we talk about prophets, are they truly prophets of God? Or are they self-proclaimed prophets? Now, today is another, another aspect of the visible church where there's many out there who claim to be prophets. Uh, they're on TikTok, left and right, and YouTube and other places, claiming to be speaking on God's behalf. And the truth of the matter is, 
these men and even women, a matter of fact, uh, the prophets mentioned in the Bible, a part of that over 130 names, about, I don't know, 15, a little bit more than 15 of them are actually women. But these individuals that are proclaiming to be speaking on God's behalf, they're nothing more than false prophets. And they are speaking things that are not true. They are teaching people things that are just lies. And so many people are following after them. Again, I cannot stress to you how God has warned within his word about false prophets. Now, Jesus said that they will come in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ferocious wolves in Matthew 7.15. Matter of fact, the one that gets me the most is the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, when Jesus says, in the day of the great tribulation time period, false messiahs or false Christ and false prophets will appear, now listen to this, and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So there will come a time when these individuals will be performing great signs and wonders, and people will be awestruck, but guess what? They are not true prophets of God. They are those who are going to deceive many people, and many people are going to be led astray. That's why we're told in 1 John Chapter 4, verse 1, that we must test the spirits to see whether or not they're from God. We can't believe every teaching, every prophet, or every individual who claims to be an apostle, or just because one calls himself a pastor or may have a church at a particular place, or an evangelist, um, or a Bible teacher. Are they truly speaking the things of God? Are they speaking rightly that which God has said? See, a true prophet is going to be committed to speaking the truth of God's Word. They're never going to contradict God's Word. They're going to be faithful to God and speak only what God has spoken. And I would say to you that there are no true prophets today either, other than those who are speaking forth what has already been spoken by God in His Word. Now, some people get upset with that, but I believe that to be true. Because if there are people out there who are prophets, that means that the Word of God, the 66 books that we have, truly is not completed. That there is more revelation, more yet to speak, more yet to bring forth, and the canon's not closed. This, I mean, it goes beyond. So then we have a real issue here. And again, there is so much more time I could take, and maybe I should at some point in time, and talk more about this um, office of the prophet, this spiritual gifting. And, and, And again, I just want to caution you because Jesus cautions us that there's going to come a time when they are going to be there, and then not only speaking, they're going to be performing these signs and these wonders They're going to be doing things in the name of God, in the name of Christ, but they're not belonging to him at all. And they're going to be deceiving people left and right. Many are going to be led astray. And I think today as I look and as I study, I begin to realize it's already here. It's already taken place. And that kind of brings me to the point where I know that I don't have enough time here today on this podcast to really go through this, but Paul the Apostle, when he was truly in the midst, in the height, some would say, of his ministry, Paul began to experience really a barrage of false apostles, prophets, men who were coming forward claiming to be of God. And unfortunately, but true, when he writes to the church at Corinth, 
that particular church at the time, numerous people began to fall prey to what was going on. I find it interesting, and I would encourage you to study 2 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul defends his apostolic ministry. And he says, starting in verse 2, For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. Here Paul was talking about those in which he shared the gospel with, those in which he taught, he discipled. See, a true man of God or a true woman of God is going to point someone, not just someone, everyone, to Jesus Christ. That's what's so ironic today because if you study the false teachers, the false prophets, apostles within the pages of the New Testament, you begin to realize that these individuals who don't belong to God, they are trying to get people to follow them. Christ is not the focus. He is not the center. He is not the one whom they are trying to betroth people to as the one husband. Because remember, the true church is the bride. So the bride of Christ is to be betrothed to one husband. They are to be presented to Christ as a pure virgin, waiting for the one, going to be married, going to be united to one and only one, and that is Christ Jesus himself. But so often we see so many ministries that are leading people to the leader of the ministry or to some type of movement and not to Christ. That should be the first red flag. If you're listening to this podcast and you claim to be a Christian, your love, your commitment, your obedience, your desire, your longing, your life should be lived to Christ and Christ alone. Not to anyone else, not to a particular denomination or a movement, not to a particular label that you or someone else may believe needs to be placed upon you, but you should be devoted to Christ and Christ alone. He is the one who has shed his blood. He is the one who has given his life. He is the one who has paid the price. He is the one who is the lover of your soul. And there are so many passages of Scripture within the New Testament that brings us to that understanding. And, and quite honestly, I don't have the time during this podcast to get into it. But I'm hoping to do so in the next podcast because it really goes hand in hand with this whole issue of the visible church in the last days. People want other people to buy into their movements, buy into their ministries, be supportive, look to a particular individual, another human being. And so often that is really where the flags, the red flags go up, the alarms start going off when I begin to realize, when I listen to their teachings, I listen to what they're speaking, what they're saying. They're not pointing people to Jesus Christ. He is not the focus, not the center of attention. It is not about him. It is not about following in love with Jesus Christ and truly being the bride to the groom and being betrothed to him and him alone. And that's where, again, all of us should take heed. It's one of the defining factors of deception, that something's wrong. Because we have men trying to build their own ministry, women who are trying to gain their own followers. And it's about them. And if you study long enough, you begin to see it really does come back to that greed aspect. We see the issues of pride. We see the understanding that are these men and women really truly called and equipped 
and gifted by God. Yeah, there are many people out there today that have a lot of charisma that seem to have way, ways with words that seem to be very attractive to the world around us. And people are attentive to them. They listen to them. Reminds me of the old commercials when E.F. Hutton speaks. Everyone listens. But at the same time, what they're saying, how they're living, what they're presenting to the people, is it really biblical? Are they presenting Christ? Are they pointing you to the cross? Are, are they making it clear that it's all about Jesus? And I would believe that at least what my experience has been, that's not the case. So you begin to question. But the problem is that some of them become so popular, so well-known. They write books. They're in movies. They're known worldwide. And some would say, well, isn't that God? There's the proof right there. And I think we have to be careful of what we would really simply call pragmatism. You know, if it works or the ends in itself, what we see comes about, we have to put a God tag on it. Matter of fact, we begin to realize as we study the life of the apostles, the prophets, they were men who lived their lives in danger. They were constantly being put to death. They were hated by all. Matter of fact, Jesus taught that within the pages of Scripture in Matthew chapter 10. That you'll be hated by all men because of me, but remember, they hated me first. See, we read in the Scripture, there is no doubt there were times of great popularity with Jesus as he went throughout the villages and the towns and the communities and he was healing the sick and the disease, and he was casting out demons. And he was doing the work of God amongst the people. But we began to realize, as time went by, as he began to speak directly to the large crowds that were following him, as we began to address what it meant to be a disciple or follower of Jesus Christ, if you want to follow me, this is what I expect. And all of a sudden, we begin to see the crowds begin to shrink. They begin to leave. And then we have that passage in the book of John where he talks about uh, drinking his blood and eating his flesh. And we look at a picture that they all left. They all deserted. This great crowd was gone except for those whom he had called. See, I, I believe if we begin to look at what goes on today and what is spoken and what is being taught and how these people conduct themselves and where they're pointing us to, we begin to realize it's not to Jesus Christ. It's not to be more like him. It's all about them. It's all about supporting their ministry. It's all about liking them. And I could go much further than that to the point in place where you, you have those who want people to say a prayer. And if they've said a prayer, well, welcome to the family of God. If you've done this or you've done that, now you're a part of God's kingdom. They go places where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ never went. Neither did any of the apostles. Neither did any of the true prophets or pastors or Bible teachers or evangelists of God go. They began to teach things and, and say things today that don't line up with the pages of Scripture. But I want to encourage you because I'm going to come back to this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm, I'm going to break this down a little bit more to help you hopefully better understand that again, in these days in which we live, the truth of the matter is we have to be careful. We have to be solid and strong, and we have to be wise, and we must be men and women of discernment. We must be able to recognize that which is not true 
when it is before us, when that which is being taught and being brought forward that doesn't line up with Scripture, we need to recognize right away. We need to have good discernment to recognize the truth from a lie. And again, I I want to challenge you and encourage you that this takes time. As we grow, as we become more like Christ, as we study God's Word more, and we take the time, then you begin to realize when these individuals do come your way, when they're standing behind a pulpit, when they're on TikTok or YouTube or on Facebook, or they have a particular ministry on you know, Christian radio or Christian TV, you begin to realize something's not right. Why? Because the Holy Spirit who indwells you, along with the Word of God in front of you, the alarms go off, the red flags go up, and you realize something's not right. Because you're testing each and every spirit instead of just believing what is being brought forward to you. I truly hope this helps you. And again, some of it has been a little bit vague, but we are going to get a little bit further in depth into this as we continue in this series. But again, when you think about this, the concern is that there will be many who will be led astray. There will be many who depart from the faith. They're going to give heed to deceiving spirits or false teachers, doctrines of the devil or demons, and they're going to be led astray. But I am hoping and I'm praying that those of you who listen to this podcast will learn how to truly discern that you will be strong in the word, you will be faithful to one and one only, and that is your Lord and Savior your King Jesus. But next time we get together, we're going to dive deeper into 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and learn from Paul here as he himself experienced in his day and age those who came forward claiming to be just like him. Yet in reality, they were not in any way, shape, or form true men and women of God. They were deceivers, trying to deceive God's people. Thanks for listening to Study the Word Podcast with Bible teacher Dr. Marty Minto. If you have questions in regards to today's study or any questions about the Bible and or spiritual issues, then email us at studythewordpodcast at gmail.com. We hope through today's teaching you have learned biblical truth so that you can teach others and defend the Christian faith. Tell others about Study the Word Podcast available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. Once again, thanks for listening to Study the Word Podcast with Dr. Marty Mento.